the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So I try to disengage from a lot of media voices, news programs, and the like over the weekend. I wanted to focus on the purpose of the Memorial Day holiday. But getting back into work mode and getting ready to speak with you about things going on, it's gotten me to thinking a lot about the solutions that have been proposed to stop school shootings. I mean, we'd all like to stop school shootings. Here's what I will say. Uh, While I'm four square behind the effort to stop school shootings, I don't think we will be able, realistically, and I like to stay in the real world, not the fantasy world, I don't think we're going to be able to stop random, hopefully isolated instances of mass shootings because the people who do them, number one, are deranged, demented, not in touch with reality. Most mass shootings, in fact, I would say all mass shootings, are instances where someone kills a great number of people who they not only do not know but have never met. To do that requires a complete detachment from decency and from the awareness that you just don't do those things, right? I mean, you something has permanently disconnected from your sense of humanity if you can take a weapon or, in the case of Timothy McVeigh, make a political statement by blowing up a building in which there's a daycare center and killing children. So are we able equipped, willing to have a serious conversation about mental health. Unfortunately, one of the most unfortunate outgrowths of the rancorous nature of our political conversations in this country over the past 20 years is that you can no longer trust the other side with power that previously existed in our country. It used to be very much easier to commit someone who was clearly a danger to themselves and others. Now, I know I'm not comfortable giving that power to the party in power, and I dare say they're probably not comfortable giving that power to the party that was in power. And hopefully, once the midterms and the next presidential election happen, comes to power again. See, we've grown ever more distrustful of each other, but we have it in perspective because our conversations are 
political conversations or policy conversations or social initiative conversations. And when we see someone do something with a school policy or we see gas prices soar or we see news accounts of the southern border being overrun, our go-to is not to run to the gun cabinet or the gun store and grab a weapon and go randomly kill 15, 20, 30 people. But there are crazy people out there, and they are crazy, and they are evil, and they are demented, who that is their go-to. Or they have an exceedingly elevated level of self-esteem, hence they feel like they're entitled to do that. They're, they're, they're in the right to do that. They are avenging some wrong done to them. Okay? Now, there are gradations on this kind of lunacy. I think back down significantly from that level of crazy, but nevertheless crazy, are people like you heard former Fox News host Carl Cameron say last week, well, you know, Tucker Carlson has been ratcheting up the rhetoric in our country for years, and pretty soon we just need to put people like that in jail. No, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to put people in jail because their ideas disagree with ours. No, we don't need to do that. That's what they do in communist countries, in countries with dictators, with tyrants. That's what they do in fascist countries. Hopefully we aspire to be better than that, Carl Cameron. So... How do we get to the point where people go over the edge and how they have an elevated level of self-esteem and they suspend their connection to humanity? Well, these are where the fixes can become very complex and where they force us to realize that the fixes are not something that you can make a law to bring about or not something that you can visually spot in someone else. This is a slow, corrosive degrading of a lot of little, tiny thoughts that we all should have that I don't have the right to hurt someone else, that my feelings aren't the top priority, that what I want isn't automatically more important than what someone else wants. And if they don't think like I do, then I need to talk to them. And then if they don't still think like I do, then I need to label them. I need to demonize them. I need to diminish them. They aren't just someone who disagrees with me. They're my enemy. And from there, it's really not hard to get to the point where you decide that, well, I mean, they're my enemy, so I'll just eliminate them. And there's also been a lot of desensitizing in our culture to the preciousness of life. Should we be surprised when... Young men pick up a gun and wipe out people they don't know. If we have in our country since the early 1970s 
convinced women that it's noble or celebrating an infringement on their rights to kill a life inside them? I mean, should it be surprising that young men pick up weapons and kill people they don't know in real life if they can go to the privacy of their basement and turn on a video game and do it right there on the wall? I mean, there is a normal part of the human condition that whatever you do, if you do it a lot, the more you do it, the less it provides the exact same fulfillment than the first time you do it, right? Right? Why do people escalate from one drug to the next? Why do people who buy a fancy car or fix it up or an expensive car. Why do they, why does Jay Leno end up owning a, a a warehouse full of luxury cars? Because just having one of something or just doing the same thing over and over again, it doesn't provide the same thrill as when you did it the first time. So if you are immersed in, fascinated by, consumed with video games that kill people, after a while... It's not ridiculous to think, what if I really did this? And if the people in those video games are portrayed as heroes for doing it, or tough, or they personify characteristics that, you know, you've been bullied in school, you've been made fun of. The people I'm watching on my screen, they're getting revenge. The people I'm watching... I mean, I know it's... you. Just, no, 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 Bruce, no. A sane person would. Well, stop right there. Because we're not dealing with sane people here. Okay? And then we teach kids in school that you're growing up in a country where, uh, depending on the ethnicity that you were born, you don't really have a chance. What kind of anxiety does that introduce? Or, you know, uh, you're born one way, but you know, I don't think you're intended to be born that way. Oh, I don't know when you were young if you ever got called into the principal's office, but it probably wasn't good if you did. Jerome Powell knows that feeling. He is the head of the Federal Reserve, which, of course, is in charge of crafting monetary policy for our nation. And they have made an attempt or are in the process of making an attempt to reduce the money supply. How do they do that? By raising interest rates. And they have to be careful while doing that because... Raising interest rates makes it harder for banks to get loans. If it's harder for banks to get loans, it's harder for you to get a loan. Interest rates for home mortgages have been climbing. They were down around, what, 2%? Almost essentially nothing. Now they're creeping up there, 5 6%. Well, that retards home building because if people are not looking for new homes, they're going to stay where they are, well, then home building goes down. And if home building goes down, then the prices of lumber might go down. And if demand goes down, well, then the economy starts to decline. And we saw a uh, 
small decline in the first quarter of this year. One point something percent decline. So, Jerome Powell's getting called to the principal's office. He's going in to see old Mr. Biden tomorrow. Mr. Biden, the president also of the United States, besides the principal, uh, is calling in Jerome Powell. Now, this is odd. This is odd because this doesn't happen. And the reason why it doesn't happen is because the Federal Reserve is supposed to operate independently of influence from the White House. It's just kind of important that the Federal Reserve maintains its separation from the White House because checks and balances, right? Limited government, right? All those you know, novel, antiquated concepts that made our country great. Uh, Democrats don't like those. They don't like the Supreme Court having oversight over things that they try to do. That's why they'd like to pack the court. That's why they're still got a rash about Donald Trump naming three of the nine justices. So now Joe Biden, who in April said that he was, and I quote, very fastidious. This might be a bogus quote. I don't know, think that Joe Biden is capable of saying the word fastidious, and I doubt seriously if he even has any clue what it means. But the Associated Press quotes him in April saying, very fastidious about not talking to the Fed because he didn't want to be seen as, quote, telling them what they should and shouldn't do. So he's going to have Jerome Powell into the White House this week. I wonder if the real White House or the fake White House, the one across the street or the one on <laughs> the one with the big pillars out front. Uh, so he's meeting with him today. Jerome is getting the talking to today. And the gentleman who is the head of Joe Biden's Council of Economic Affairs was on Fox this morning. Uh, that gentleman's name is uh, Brian Deese. He's the director of the National Economic Council. And Bill Hemmer asked him, well, you know, it's kind of unusual having Jerome Powell into the White House. Are you going to allow reporters there to hear what is being said, to talk about, to to report to the rest of us what is being said? Because this is pretty common. It's pretty common to have reporters like, be seen and not heard, but listen in and hear these kinds of things. Uh, so here was Brian Deese's answer to the transparency. Remember transparency? Remember? This was going to be a super transparent. We could see right through them. Well, we can. We can see right through them. We can see their lies. But they meant it like as a good thing, transparency. It's going to be a really transparent administration. So surely, surely, surely. Jerome Powell and Joe Biden's ma- uh, meeting will be on the record. Will it not, Brian Deese? I believe the president will have an opportunity to make some remarks at the front of the meeting. Uh, the meeting itself uh, will be a private meeting between uh, between Chair Powell and the and the president. Oh. Ah, private meeting, private meeting. Oh, okay. Well, maybe Joe wants to. You know, maybe he wanted to have Jerome over to watch the gun smoke reruns or something. Um, my guess is he's going to talk to Jerome about bad stuff that will screw us over even more because everything Joe Biden touches turns to uh, dung. Let's put it that way. Uh, Mr. Deese continued in his interview with Bill Hemmer uh, talking about gas prices, gas prices and diesel prices and the astronomical rise in such prices. Today, congratulations, America. We are paying another record 
total for a gallon of gas across the United States, $4.62. It's lower than that in Columbus, but that's the national average. The national average for diesel is $5.52. A year ago today, diesel was $3.18. That is a $2.34 increase per gallon in diesel in a year. So, Hammer asked Dees about diesel prices. I mean, this is just a killer for so many because, Brian, you know, the price is up here and it's handed down to just about everyone across the country. Do you feel the pain? Mm. Absolutely. Look, uh, this president and our, our entire team understands that when the price goes up at the pump, typical families feel it. And as you're, you're, to your point, when the price of diesel goes up, it affects logistics and transportation costs. And this is, unfortunately, the impact of uh, Putin's war uh, in Ukraine. The price of uh, diesel and gas at the pump are up more than $1.50 since Putin started amassing troops at the border because we've brought Russian oil off the market and Russian refinery capacity to create diesel off the market as well. Now, I stopped him there because I didn't want you to lose what he said to you about why the prices are skyrocketing. Diesel is up $1.50 a gallon. He said gas is up $1.50 a gallon since Putin began amassing troops at the Ukrainian border. So I thought, well, let's check that out. Let's see if that's right. Now, he didn't say since Putin invaded Ukraine. He said since he started amassing troops at the border. So I have this handy little website that gives me the average price of gas in the United States by week, dating all the way back to 1994. So when Joe Biden took office, gas was $2.39 a gallon. In March and April of 2021, When news reports say Vladimir Putin started to amass troops at the border, in March and April of 2021, gas was 287, the final week in April. So it was um, about 50 cents a gallon higher. Putin then withdrew most of his troops at the border in June when gas was 306 a gallon. Then he began building troops up again in October when gas was 332 a gallon. And then in December, he sent 100,000 troops to the border. And on December the 27th, gas in America was priced at 327 a gallon. On February the 24th, the first day of the full Russian invasion of Ukraine, gas was $3.60. $3.60. $3.60 is a dollar thirty since by it went up a dollar thirty from the time Biden took office until Putin invaded. It is up less since Putin invaded than before than before he invaded. So as these lied through his teeth. He lied through his teeth. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.